Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate his love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. When there's joy in your life, when there's joy in the church, when there's peace, when the presence of God is there, when the power of presence of God is there, there is unity. And it just sounds like some of that had disappeared out of the lives of these two. So he is speaking to that. And then he goes on to rejoice in the Lord always. I'll just go back to that verse and it says, always be full of joy in the Lord. Say it again. Rejoice. So joy. You know, I've heard so much good stuff this morning coming out in the bits where people are sharing and just speaking. It's basically, it's almost like you just walked into my place the other day and so I'll just get that bit out of his notes. I'll just get that bit out of his notes. And, yep, and this, is, this has been, been, been happening. So, Alex, basically, you preached my message. <laughs> and I took... Days to sort this out. You did it in like this morning. Anyway, that's what the Holy Spirit does. I'll just get to Alex, I'm going to say this to you. You won't like it. Everyone else will. You have to take responsibility for what God has put in your heart and what you know. Inside of you is a preacher that is trying to get out. That is trying to get out. And I know because there's glare in my eyes, I actually can't see your face, so I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if he's smiling or not. Anyway, <laughs> but Alex, that was fantastic. And, and Kim, but Kimberly, and, and I don't know if, I'm getting everyone, my, my mind's getting, the people who got up and shared, there was just stuff there that was unbelievable, unbelievable. We could put all that stuff together, sift it around a bit, and we'd have an amazing message. So, church, God is doing stuff amongst us here. I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> oh, joy. <laughs> joy. <laughs> joy is derived from who God is, from what he does, from what he says, and from what he gives. Joy is to do with, with, with the nature of God, and he's compassionate, and he's gracious, and he's merciful, and he's good. It's to do with his deeds. This is the God who said, let there be, and it was. <coughs> there were planets, and there were stars, and there was the earth, and there was the sea, and there was animals, and there is us. Not that I'm saying you're animals, <coughs> but you know what I mean. So, yeah, animal. <laughs> you, you animal. <coughs> this is what God does. So I better just get back into camera range here. Sorry, folks. I'm just getting excited about all this. His deeds are amazing. And, and, he, and, and what he says, he, in his promises, he promises his goodness and his mercy and his grace that he'll take care of us, that he'll love us, he'll take us into the future, that he'll give us identity and a destiny. He promises us wonderful things and his resources, the things he gives us are things like forgiveness. You know, you're forgiven. <coughs> And sometimes we leave forgiveness on the shelves and beat ourselves up. But you are forgiven. And if you don't fully know it, open your heart to Jesus and receive that forgiveness. So God, joy comes out of 
who God is, his nature, and what he does and what he says. That is what God is about. And then when you read this, you start realising, I'll read it for you. Oh, it's just really exciting. Let everyone see you are considerate in all you do. Forbearing is another word that's used there. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Now, if we actually had a date that was reliable, that Jesus actually is turning up at 10 o'clock next Tuesday, and we know that for sure, you'd be all on your best behaviour, <laughs> wouldn't you? You'd be getting your thoughts right. You'd be getting everything right. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get caught out being horrible or something like that. But the Lord is coming So, Look, joy is connected to the return of Christ. This wonderful time when Jesus comes back. And that will be a time of exceeding joy. And it's connected to him coming back and establishing his kingdom. And in that kingdom, that is a place of unspeakable joy. We don't even know how to describe it. All we do know is that we get a touch of it now. We anticipate this joy in our lives now, so we get it partially. We get a foretaste. And when you've had an experience of joy in the Lord, imagine, you can't imagine because it's beyond imagination, of what that will be like when he returns. So joy is an absolutely amazing God-given thing that anticipates the return of Christ. There is power in joy. There is absolute power in joy. It's to do with the presence of God. So Paul goes on to say things in verse, verse, verse 5. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell people what you need and thank him for all this. You know, I'll tell you, I reckon I've, be, I've nearly been slapped a few times when I've told people not to worry about anything. Have you ever slapped anyone when they've told you not to worry anything about? Have you felt like it? Put up your hands, put up your hands, come, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Some of you felt like that. And Paul says it. Well, he's probably, I don't know if they called him Pastor Paul or Papa Paul or, or Daddy Paul or, no, I probably didn't call him that. Called him Paul. <coughs> I wonder if they, or, or, or Apostle Paul or whatever. But he says, don't worry about, in other words, if you're starting to worry, start praying. That's what you do. And <coughs> pray it with a heart of thanksgiving. I'll tell you this, <coughs> praying with thanksgiving is a key to changing what is going on inside of you. When you practice gratitude, you change your mindset. God knows what he's doing. And if you, <coughs> if you practice gratitude daily, you're that you create apparently new neural pathways in your head and over a long period of time there is this quiet sense of joy no matter what, this quiet sense of peace. It's not like a bubbling, bouncing euphoria, but it's there. God knows what he's doing when he tells us to be grateful. And, how, and, and it's not hard to do. This is what I do. I have a, have a gratitude journal. I've had it for years and I basically... Every night, just before I go to bed, I put right down, today I'm grateful for. Put the date on the day and write down a minimum of five things. Big things, little things. It just might be my breakfast. I love breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I love breakfast. I love eating, but breakfast is my favourite time. So I might put that down. It might be something to do with Maureen. It might be something to do with Jesus. It might be something to do with my family. It might be just something. It could be big. It could be little. But I've ended the day 
by reviewing my day about things I am thankful for. And that is not hard to do. And you think, wow, that's easy. So do it. <coughs> I just say, just do it. Every day, if you're not doing it, create a gratitude journal. It doesn't take long. You don't have to, I only write a sentence, but it keeps my mind real <coughs> and it keeps my mind on God. So create a gratitude journal. And then when you pray and you pray with gratitude, you get the peace of the Lord. This is supernatural peace. Oh, I like that. It's bigger than me. I can't generate it. I can't make it happen. This is the peace that is beyond all human understanding. I don't get it, but I've got it. And joy can be like that. I tell you, this, this happened to me this morning. I'm going to tell you this. <coughs> I stood over there just <coughs> near where Maureen was and the music was still being practiced and the, the joy of the Lord was being sung and being done again just to get that right and when all that's happening I'll often just worship I just stand there worship and out of nowhere it's like this this jolt of something virtually went in, the, in my back and just sort of came out and it, it was so strong that it literally hurt, and, and it was almost—it was—it was almost scary. It was like this just sheer jolt of joy just went through me, and I, I did, couldn't stand. I was—I didn't know what to do. I, I was jerking. I was, and this went on for probably a minute or a couple of minutes, and I, and I, and I was in tears, and I think, what do I do with this? I'd never experienced the presence of the power of God to that sort of strength, and I've had lots of experiences with the presence of the spirit it was absolutely unexpected and wonderful and it's a sort of thing more lord more lord i think i can handle it more lord. when finney got saved and he got filled with the holy spirit he said how these waves of liquid love kept on flowing over him and it was that way where he got to a point where he cried, no more, Lord, no more, Lord. I'm fearful for my life. I'm going to die here. Yet he wasn't scared. It's just an amazing thing when the presence of God shows up in joy and in peace. Jesus likes peace. He does. You read, you read about Jesus and he's talking about it all the time. <laughs> he is big on peace. So... After Jesus was raised from the dead, after Jesus was raised from the dead in John's Gospel, the only people who had seen him were some of the women. And so they'd seen him, they told the disciples, and the disciples, well, they probably thought they were just silly women. They weren't silly women. They were women of God who Jesus had showed up to first. They didn't know what to do with this. And then later, in this locked room, the doors locked, they were fearful for their lives, they'd been at the cross, they'd seen Jesus arrested, and so they were scared. And remember, they are not mature, you know, hardened, battled, battled hardened soldiers in, in, in their late 20s, early 30s. They're teenagers, or <coughs> at the most 20 years old, Peter maybe 22. They were just young, young guys who really were scared. And so they're in this room, and then... Jesus is there. He, he didn't like he, he didn't like he, did he walk through a wall? The door was locked. Did he, he just appeared. They would have been terrified. <clears throat> they would have been petrified. And then he says to them, peace be with you. 
I don't know if it helped or not. <laughs> it wouldn't have helped me. It just probably would have got worse. And, and then he shows them his hands and, and, and his feet. And, all of, and then the joy of the Lord started coming over them. And then he says it then, peace be with you. This is a powerful declaration from Jesus into their minds and hearts. And so if you sense the voice of the Lord saying, peace with you, allow the supernatural element of that to penetrate your soul. Let it go in. Let it go in deep. So through the cross, God made peace with sinners through the sacrificial death of Jesus on the cross. Alex basically stole my thunder earlier on with that one. I just think God is telling us the, the same things. Peace is the first fruit of the cross. So Jesus is the God of peace and salvation. And he won this incredible victory over sin and death and darkness when he rose from the dead. And so he is the God of peace and also the God of victory. He's an amazing God. When we look at Jesus, we see this, this Jesus who is Lord over peace and victory and, and power and, and joy and all those things. He's Lord over everything. He is Lord. I'll tell you, this is a worth rejoicing to know he is Lord over everything. I'm going to say this again. Just start letting yourself go with me here. He is Lord over peace. He is Lord over salvation. He is Lord over, he is, he is victorious. He is Lord over everything. This is worth rejoicing. This is worth a shout of joy. <coughs> I said, this is worth a shout of joy. <laughs> Get used to it. There'll be lots of this in, in eternity. And some of the shouts of joy will go on for a long time and we'll love it. Do you know, I wasn't planning this, but I'll tell you this. A few years ago, hear, hear Chad talking about going to Planet Shakers. We went to everyone. We, went, we did not miss any Planet Shakers. We went to them all. And we used to go with the youth group and we'd go with them and we'd stay with them and we'd sleep in the same places where they were sleeping. We would do it and we would keep them up to two o'clock in the morning sharing and then God would take over and they'd start prophesying and ministering to each other and healing each other and we'd have them in the, down in the dining room at seven o'clock next morning and we'd keep them awake all day. They didn't get tired. We told them, you, you can't get tired. You can't get tired. Anyway... So we, we went, and it was just an amazing thing, what, what was God was doing in that. This particular day, the speaker was going to come up, and it was a speaker called Glenn Berteau, a brilliant and amazing creative speaker. And as he came up, people started cheering, which you do. He's a popular speaker. And then something in the nature of the cheering started to change. And we realised that the cheering wasn't going there, but it was going up to the Lord. And it got louder and stronger. And he recognised it. He just pointed up and then he stepped back. And it went on and it went on. 
it went on. And I still remember seeing one of our girls in the youth group standing on the, one of the seats with her head thrown back, just, just shouting praise to God. So much, much joy. Then the, the leaders of Planet Shakers, they start put, got the band going because with the band you can quiet everything down and you can sort of change direction. didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work, so they gave up. It went on for, what, 45 minutes? It went on for 45 minutes. I've never ever seen anything like that since. It's just, it's just this absolute sheer joy of about three or 4,000 young people just praising and worshipping God. And I have no idea where I am now, but <coughs> yes, yes, I do. Peace and joy, in a sense, are the same thing. It was said here somewhere recently, I can't remember who said it, but it was said here that peace and joy are, are in a sense, the same thing. That peace is joy at rest and joy is peace dancing. Oh, it's not my words, but, but someone, some, someone said that a long time ago. And peace and joy come with the presence of God. When God shows up, there's peace and joy. Now, that is good, isn't it? Yeah. Now, grace, grace is God's undeserved favour poured into our lives. It's his undeserved mercy and love poured into our lives. It's his, un, his, his undeserving presence and power poured into our lives. Bill Johnson describes grace as being the, the, the empowering presence of God. And that is good. And so you could say that peace and joy are aspects of grace given to us by God. And we get it for nothing. Just open your heart to it. So we need to open our hearts to receive his grace and his power and his goodness and his peace and joy. Open our hearts. So joy. <laughs> I'm going to come back to that. Someone said to me, how do you preach with points? I said, I don't preach with points. I preach with layers. I sort of start there and just sort of have another layer of, you know, you've got cake there and cream there and chocolate there. Now I'm back to the cake again sort of thing. Joy. So <coughs> joy is part of the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not going to ask you to do this. I just want to know who can actually quote all the fruit of the Spirit, if you can. I'm not going to ask you to do it. I'm not going to dob you in. Who can quote all the fruit of the Spirit? We've got one here. There's another one there. Okay, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. Shame on you. You should know it. It's not hard to do. So it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You need to know these things. These are part of the character of Jesus. That is what Jesus is like. He is faithful. He is long-suffering or has self-control. He is gentle. So joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit. And so you can choose to be loving. Sometimes that's hard work. You can choose to be patient. Sometimes that's even a lot harder work. You know, you have to say to God, God, teach me patience. So they send you along someone that will help you teach patience. We can, we can choose to be kind. We can choose to be gentle. I tell you, <laughs> when you are out and about in our community, and everyone's a bit funny these days, they're either looking at you strange, in other words, you're getting too close even though you're not, or people are a, a bit toey or stressed, and then you have these young people who are serving on the checkouts, and they're under pressure. They don't have experience of life like many of the people coming through the checkout. And people are starting to get snappy and, and speaking to them badly. 
then we need some kindness. We can choose, even though we're stressed and we're, 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 we're rushed, we can choose to be kind to someone else when we're out and about, like that kid on the checkout. We can choose to be kind. We can choose to be gentle. We can choose to be patient. It might be the first time they've been on there and they may never want to ever come back. I was in Woolies the other day and there's one of the staff there, an older member, and she was trying to help this older man... Well, he's about my age. So he wasn't that old. <laughs> and he wasn't having it. No matter what she did, he was just grumping at her, he was snapping at her, and she, was tr- she said, I'm just trying to actually help. What, what, something went wrong there. And he, and he just walked off, and, he, she, oh, and you could see it. And she was really upset, and I thought they'd been getting a bit of that. And I said to her, you know, I really appreciate you and the way you handle yourself in here, you, the way you handle that guy, and the, what you guys do here. Words of that effect. And she said, oh, thank, thank you for saying that. I needed to hear that. We need, we have the fruit of the spirit, So we can choose this. And what's more, we can choose joy. It may take some effort, but when we choose joy, God shows up. God wants us to have joy within us and joy that grows and explodes and just goes everywhere and people can see it. I've got this mate and uh, he doesn't necessarily show a lot of joy on the outside, a lot of excitement. I say, look, mate, you've got to let that joy show. You've got to let that excitement show. Yeah, but I'm excited on the inside, you'd say. But it's got to show. It's got to show. People need to see that we are a joyful people. If it's just on the inside, what good is that? It's great for yourself, but there are people around us that need to see some joy and excitement and love in people's lives. So joy. So you can choose joy. You can. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. We, 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 we can all do that, but it might take some effort. And some people say... <laughs> I say, well, that's not my personality. You can't hide behind the excuse, that's not my personality. Because whatever you think your personality is, you are not totally that. That is your preferred side of something. And so if your preferred side is to be very quiet and not show a lot of joy, that's your preferred side. But on the other side of your personality, there is that side. It just means there's some work to do. And as one wise person said, Access the other side of your personality and step out of yourself because this is not about all about you. It's about someone else and it's about what God is doing. Have you got that? You got that? Because I can't really see what you're doing. The lights are too bright for me, but there you go. And would you put your tongue back, please? <laughs> I, 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 I met this, this preacher and he's now a very big, successful preacher in America. I met, met him in Toowoomba once. And he said when he took over this church, it was just this little church in Los Angeles with about 40 people, and he was 19, and he took over this church. And he said they just didn't want him there. The old preacher they'd had there, it was about 80-something or other, decided to retire or die or something, and he, he was given this church. And he said he used to have this woman there who would poke her tongue at him all the way through the, through the sermon. So there you go. And that, and that did happen. Matthew Barnett, if you ever... I'll talk about him one other time. So... But how do you choose peace? <coughs> In one sense, choosing joy, yeah, yeah, that, that's doable. But choosing peace, how do you choose peace when you've got, 
You've got all this stuff going around in your head like ping pong balls or golf balls bounce, <coughs> bouncing around inside of your head, crashing, cracking your skull. How do you, how do you choose peace when that's all going? We need to take charge of what is going on in our heads. We need to do that. And so if you've got a battle going on inside of you, you need to pray. That is how you get peace. You need to pray. And you take the battle into the presence of the Father. You, take the, you don't try and do it yourself down on the beach. You take it into the presence of the Father and do the battle there. And the Father is with you. His job is to protect you and to guide you and to provide you with what you need as you do the battle. And as you do the battle, you'll come to a point where your heart and his heart starts to agree and you know something about peace. You can have this attitude that says, I'm not going down that path when all this stuff is... I'm not going down that path. This stuff could mess me, but I'm not going down that path. I choose to go in a different direction. Look, you can get angry over something, and that's okay. It's okay to get angry every now and then. Sometimes we need to get angry. Sometimes it's a good thing. But if you're not in charge of the anger, you've got a problem. Anger is in charge of you. Anger does... is You are not anger's servant. And so when we... Don't resolve anger. You can get cynical. <laughs> you can get negative. You can get mean-spirited. You can get bitter. You can, you can get resentful. And you know what? I reckon that's what was going on here with this Sintek and Euodia, that they had got negative and cynical <laughs> and mean-spirited. And it was starting to become obvious. And there are people who really love them were probably starting to take sides with them. Division was, was starting to appear in the church and it had to be dealt with. And so Paul spoke into this quite clearly here. When you get resentful and bitter, these things can start dragging you down into dark, desolate, awful places. And we've all been in that place where it's so dark and desolate and it's just a place of despair and you don't know how to get out of it. You don't know how to get out of it. And so we need to make choices. We need to make choices. Am I going to go the way of, of, of anger or am I going to go another way? Am I going to go the way that God wants me to go? Another fruit of the Spirit is that of self-control. And if you have self-control, you have the power of the Holy Spirit to take charge of what is going on in your head. You could take every thought captive. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says words to that effect. Now, I know that is addressing a whole heap of other things, but you can take that for, for yourself to take every thought captive and know that the power of God is in those words, is in the word of God to enable you to take those words captive and to do something with that so you're not going down that path. Look, you take every thought captive, you pray and you submit yourself to God and you go the way of peace and you know that the God of peace is with you. So how do you choose joy? <laughs> how do you choose joy? Well, that's pretty good. You just choose Jesus. And you just choose Jesus. <laughs> you start choosing Jesus and things start changing in an amazing way. 
I'm going to read something here that is really, really great. And this is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 7. And they can go up. Now, as I read this, you'll probably realise that the word joy is not mentioned. However, when I read this, I read this with joy as a backdrop to these verses. That joy, glorious, wonderful joy being a backdrop behind these verses. And when you read it like this, you realise that joy is an integral part of what I've got to say, what God has got to say here. But God is so rich in mercy. He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for, for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Now, that is absolutely amazing, isn't it? That is absolutely amazing. To me, that just brings a powerful sense of joy in what God has done in Jesus Christ. There is power in joy. There is, power, there is this power that raised Jesus from the dead. There is power that parted the Red Sea when the people of Israel were rescued from slavery from the Egyptians. There's power when God created the world and the universe. There is strength in the joy of the Lord. Most of us are familiar with Nehemiah 8 verse 10. Is anyone familiar with that? Anyone? We just sang it this morning. So, <laughs> joy of the Lord is my strength. And so here, preachers will tell you that this is supernatural joy. This is joy that is beyond yourself. You can't drum this up. You can only choose to go down this direction and grab hold of what God is giving you. You need to understand this, that an incredible thing was happening amongst those people. The captives had, some of the captives had returned from Babylon and from the provinces of Babylon to Judah. And they rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, which were just being torn down. It took them 52 days to do that. Nothing else got rebuilt. I don't think they had a shower or a place to shower because I think they just slept in their clothes. They didn't wash, they didn't shower, they just built the wall. And after 52 days, <laughs> they completed this wall. It was a bomb site. The houses hadn't been repaired. The surrounding villages and towns were a mess. Everything was, a, the economy was non-existent. It was just a grim, miserable place to live. And they'd come back from the luxury of the greatest empire that had ever existed. And many of them had been living in luxury in just a, in incredible places and come back to this wreck of a place, built the wall, and then uh, built the wall. And uh, what do we do now? You know, what do we do with it? The, the economy was terrible. Some of them really were, were doing bad. They'd been mortgaging their houses. They'd been mortgaging, they'd taking loans. They'd even been selling their kids into slavery. That's how bad it was. And so they're there 
in Jerusalem about, about five or six days later and to hear the word of God. Ezra gets up and speaks the word of God, reads the scripture, and it's just the, and then it's being explained by the Levites, and they all start crying. The thing is, they realized by hearing the word of God why they were in such a mess, why their ancestors had been punished by God and taken into captivity. And so they're in a mess, and they're crying and they're weeping, and they say, look, this is not a sad day. This is a happy day. And Nehemiah says, don't be dejected, don't be sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. In all of this uncertainty, in all of this, in this dreary place, he's saying the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy <coughs> carries you past your circumstances. It carries you past your disappointments. It carries you past your, your unhappiness. It carries you past all of this stuff and takes you into the future. You have strength when you go into the future. And I'll tell you this. <coughs> that the word for strength that is used here has the sense of being a well-protected uh, stronghold. It has the sense of being a fortress. So that word strength is a powerful word. <coughs> it is an incredibly powerful word. So it is to do with the power of God. It is to do with supernatural power of God. So when someone says, the joy of the Lord is your strength, that is so true. There is power and there is goodness and God is there. So God gives us the gift of joy from himself to us for our lives now and for in heaven. So we need to get our minds and hearts into Jesus. We need to get Jesus into our minds and hearts. We really do. We need to fix our thoughts on good things. When things aren't going well, it is really difficult to fix your thoughts on good things. But do you know what? You have the power of God to be able to do it. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You start thinking like this, you start thinking these kinds of thoughts, it'll change the way you feel about yourself, it'll change the way you feel about others, it'll change the way you feel about God. You'll start thinking like Jesus and you'll start looking like Jesus. And you know what? I reckon that this is where Paul really wanted his listeners or his readers to hear or to go. Especially you odor and syntic. Even though someone else is told to help them sort their problem out, they're going to hear this. This was read out in church. Imagine, Paul writes a letter to us and names a couple of you to sort yourself out. And he, that's what he does. But I think this is where he was taking them. They'd heard their names. You, you, you women have to sort this out. And then he starts telling them to be joyful and to have the joy of the Lord in their lives and to pray and to go for peace, to guard your minds and hearts. Jesus is coming soon. They're starting to hear all this. And then he says, 
fix your minds on what is true and honourable, what is right and pure, what is lovely and admirable, what is excellent and worthy of praise. I suspect this all was aimed at these two in part, that they too could grab hold of the things of God and start looking like Jesus. I'm going to finish with this. When you start thinking like Jesus, you start looking like Jesus, you know something then about what unity is about. You know something about peace. And you know something about joy. And this is good reason to rejoice in the Lord who is our strength. This is good reason to rejoice in the Lord who is our strength. So there we go. Choose joy. Choose joy. I'm done, but I'm going to pray. And if the team could come up, that would be wonderful. Maybe you could take, <coughs> Matt, if you wouldn't mind grabbing this, <coughs> I'll, I'll just I'll pray and then... We'll go for it. Didn't you love our, our new song, The Joy of the Lord is Our Strength? That, like, is such a, an amazing song. We are in a day where the music is unbelievable across our planet, how Christians and songwriters and the power of the Holy Spirit are somehow contributing to each other and to the worship life of, of, of this world. You know, recently, there's a song that just came out and it's just gone across the world, The Blessing. And many of you would have seen that on videos. Who's, who's familiar with it, The Blessing? Some are. If you're not, please Google up The Blessing and see what you get. The original was Akari Joby and her husband. And it's gone viral across the world in different forms, where some of it's been done on the internet across, say, Australia with, with worship people who can sing in different places, putting this together. And there's an amazing one done in Hebrew in Jerusalem. That is, like, stunning. So, I'm not sure why I'm saying all that, but that's worth knowing. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. So... Just, sent, just relax, centre yourself on heaven, on the presence of the living God. Know that the Holy Spirit is here with us. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come and move around us? Lord Jesus, would you walk up and down the aisles, placing your hands on hearts and on heads, bringing healing and hope and bringing joy and peace and goodness and gladness. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would touch those who are just struggling in their minds and hearts today where there's so much worrying, so much messing with their heads and heart, and that you would put your hand upon them and bring that down to a place of peace. Holy Spirit, come. Bring that supernatural peace beyond all human understanding into minds and hearts here today. I pray, Lord Jesus, for those who are struggling with, with their lives and just want some joy and love in their lives. 
I prayed, Lord, that you would start welling that joy up within them. Welling that joy up within, within them to a point where the joy of the Lord is expressed. Let peace and joy come here today. I pray your grace would flow through this room. Your undeserved favor, your undeserved love and mercy, your undeserved peace and joy, your undeserved empowering presence. Come Holy Spirit and bring your peace and your joy to us. I pray, Lord, that as we go out of here, there will be a deep sense of all things are possible in Jesus. That even too, I can have joy. I can have peace and I can pass it on to someone else. I pray, Lord, for those thoughts that are bouncing around to go back in the box. And I pray, Lord, for your glorious peace to fill that void. I pray, Lord, that for each of us, we'll start feeling stronger as of now, knowing something of your supernatural strength in your joy. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day. Bye.